Well, let's talk about a movie about killing bugs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least a cold open topic. Uh, doing Men in Black this week for... Big Willie Weekend! Big Willie Weekend! Yo! Uh, <laughs> and we are discussing our... Uh, we thought we would talk about films that we would use the Men in Black Neuralizer to yeet out of our brain. We're going to use yeet as much as possible this episode. You, you said it. It's a precedent now. <laughs> We're hip. <laughs> we are cool. We are on the fleek. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, he's looking like real concerned over there. <laughs> That's fair. She teaches high schoolers. Yes, she will have a pulse on the coolness. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, so is Zach. Um, all right. So, who who wants to start us out on a film that they would neuralize from their brain if they could, and why? And why would you neuralize that film? I'll start. Nice. So I actually have two, and for two separate reasons. Okay. Okay. One to completely remove it from my brain so that I think it will never exist because nobody else does either. And that's King's Ransom. <laughs> that movie was god awful. And the fact that I still remember it, because I was thinking of other movies like, what do I think is so bad? Because I thought back to like The Host. And I was like, no, I don't remember that movie, anything about it. None Good. of it most memorable. Good. But King's Ransom was so bad. It needs to get wiped out of my brain, and I may be the last person to remember it actually existing. Yeah, I don't even think Anthony Anderson remembers that film exists. Right? <laughs> uh, and my second one is Braveheart, because then I'll get to watch it again and enjoy it, and it's unwatched beauty all over again. Nice. Yeah. Decent reasoning. Yeah. Zach? All right, so um, I've got three. One is the technicality. Um, the first one... And a lot of people who know me will hear this story and roll their eyes again. But the one I would erase from my mind for positive reason is Monty Python and the Holy Grail because I had it ruined for me when I watched it by people who were constantly quoting it and I couldn't hear what was happening. It's just like blah, 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 all around me and people laughing. And it was a horrible experience. And this is why I don't watch <laughs> musicals with my wife. <laughs> And, you know, I had friends who would, like, go to the mall and run through the mall. Like, <laughs> it's like, if I could erase all that from my mind and sit down and watch the movie again, I know it's the kind of humor I'm going to. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, <laughs> but if I could erase that from my mind and sit down and watch it fresh without that experience, I know I would love the movie. And I, I know I would. Um. The technicality, the second one, is I would erase Rob Schneider from my memory, just like him entirely. Um, but but then you don't get that one Jean-Claude Van Damme movie that we watched. <laughs> <Age> movies. <laughs> well, I can rewatch it. <laughs> but I can't even remember the name of it at this point. Uh, it yeah. was called Knock Off. That's oh, yeah, right. yeah. My favorite thing is I did a uh, YouTube video with Manny on the film that the director of that film did before knockoff, which of course was double team with Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's and, right. Uh, uh, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> um, yeah, but with Rob Schneider, 
no offense to my sister, but in particular, The Animal and The Hot Chick were movies that were watched a lot in my house oh, for man. some reason. And yeah. Okay. And then finally, uh, obviously, I would erase Mr. Magoo to take away all the childhood <laughs> trauma. <laughs> and, you know, I would start the healing immediately. Wonderful. Well done, sir. Thank well you. done. Manny, what you got for us? All right. So I also have two movies and uh, good and bad. Same like Jonathan. Uh, but both my movies are from the same franchise. Oh. So uh, I would love to re-experience The Godfather for the first time. Um, Ooh, I think one. that film yeah. is wonderful and beautiful. And uh, then I'd erase Godfather 3 because that movie is awful. And I, I just don't want it to exist. There's two really great films called The Godfather and then the third one. So we can get rid of three. That sounds phenomenal. Totally fair. I like how the Godfather franchise has two Fredos. Third one is Godfather 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the second one. Damn it. <laughs> Fucked up my own joke. <laughs> Paul, what do you got? Um, I had a hard time with this because... Every time I thought of, especially like, as everyone keeps saying, re-experiencing films for the first time, I kept coming across the point that like, oh no, I shared that, I shared a memory with someone on that film. Uh, or, yeah. or that film like made up so much of my childhood and my personality that if I forgot that film, like if I were to take Batman 89 and erase it. Oh shit. There goes like my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic Park, stuff like that. Mm. Or, you know, like I was even thinking Men in Black was like, I went and saw that with my grandfather who uh, fell asleep in it because he's, he was, that's what he did when he took me to movies. But it's, it's still like a nice memory I have with him. So, like, yeah. it, it's even like smaller films I had trouble with. I saw King's Ransom with you and I still want it gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. And, and, you know, there's a, one of the films that came up with is like, oh, maybe I want to erase Sorry to Bother You so I can have that twist again, but then I lose the memory of the one person sitting in the row with us getting up and walking out of the theater, and that's such a funny memory I never want to forget. <laughs> I, I'm i not going to lie. I almost put down The Sixth Sense, and I didn't for the exact same reason. For that one time, that guy just in the middle of the theater just yelled, oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> so, so mostly I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to raise something I I essentially watch by myself. I don't share like deep fond memories of something that didn't uh take up like a huge part of my personality or childhood. And uh I decided that film was going to be We Could Be Heroes, the new Robert Rodriguez film on Netflix so I could rewatch that. Oh, that's such a delightful film. <laughs> And then I could go to everyone and go, have you seen We Could Be Heroes? And they'd be like, yeah, we saw it on Christmas when it came out. It came out at Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Very nice. Well done. All right. Let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And joining us tonight 
to talk about our film is a good friend of mine and former host of Drinking Age Movies. Say hello, Mr. Manny Classic. What up, Manny Classic? Very nice. Uh, and we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week? Jonathan. Uh, today, we watched Men in Black, who ain't on no government list. They straight don't exist. No names and no fingerprints. If you see something strange, watch your back, because you never quite know where the MIB is at. <laughs> And of course, uh, we picked Men in Black this week to talk about because it is July 4th weekend, a.k.a. Big Willy Willy weekend. weekend. I really hope I didn't wake my daughter up. <laughs> and uh, our, our, our followers on social media chose this in a March Madness bracket to be the film that we talked about this week. So let's start with... The dumbest question I've asked on this show is this everybody's first time watching Men in Black? No. No. <laughs> Maybe there was a red light. <laughs> also, no. I gave away my first time seeing it in the cold open. Uh, my grandfather took me to see it in 97 and fell asleep, as he also did during Batman Returns in 92. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Anybody else want to regale us with their first time seeing this film? You know, I don't think I saw this in theaters. I probably saw it when it first came out on video and um, watched it with my family. You know, good old wholesome. Pick a movie at Friday night after the school week's over. Popcorn and Will Smith. You know, good time. I think this was a blockbuster pickup for my family as well. I saw it in theaters. And then uh, the next year for middle school, uh, the MIB song was the song that every day in gym we did calisthenics to in order to start <laughs> the beginning of gym at Gildersleeve Middle School in Newport News, Virginia. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, okay. Hey, guess what I get to actually do this week? What do you get to do this week? An Oscar breakdown. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Break it down. Okay, so I'm not going to do all of 97, right? Uh, because we'll cover that when we get there. Uh, but I will do the three Academy Awards that this was nominated for. Those three Academy Awards were Best Original uh, Musical or Comedy Score, uh, which was Danny Elfman being nominated, who mm-hmm. just released a new punk album on Anti Records that kind of rules. Of course oh, it yes. does. Um I'm so happy to hear that. That was a wonderful pun. I hope you, I, I, I hope you knew that was a pun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would lose that award to the full Monty, uh, which I cannot remember that score. So was that a good pick? I'll find out when we get to 97. Uh, it was nominated for Best Art Direction, which uh, keeping in line with the 1989 Batman uh, was art director Bo Welch, who also did the 89 Batman, and set decorator Cheryl Karasik, which would lose to Titanic. I don't know, guys. I don't know if I like that pick. Over this... I mm, I don't know. Art direction. We'll get there in when we get to 97. But yeah, That's yeah. right. Yeah. And finally, uh, it gets nominated for Best Makeup, uh, which is a nomination for Rick Baker and David Leroy Anderson, 
which it wins and beats Titanic and keeps Titanic from being a hundred percent film. It's not the only award that Titanic loses, but again, we will get there when we get to 97. Yeah. So that is our Oscar breakdown, but I just want to bring up real quick that the Saturn awards gave Danny Elfman best music and gave Vincent D'Onofrio best supporting actor, which he should have been nominated for. Yes. The Academy Award. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Hell Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad they gave it makeup though, because oh my god, it's in that holds oh, yeah. up. That holds up so well. Yeah, I mean, even if you just look at uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, the entire yeah, movie. that's one. Yeah, yeah. Also, mm-hmm. apparently, uh, makeup artist Rick Baker would go around on set painting bruises on himself, and then running to producers and saying that uh, the actors attacked. Him. <laughs> <laughs> A great story. Which deserves an Academy Award all on its own. Indeed. (laughs) All right. right. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. Well, who here doesn't like Men in Black? There we go. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's a great movie. Is it a perfect film? No. But it's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, Such a fun time. It had been a little while since I'd watched it. So watching it, it it has um, really cool 80s vibe, despite a nineties feel if if that makes sense. I think a lot of it has to do with the opening scene, especially with the dragonfly and the Danny Elfman music. It feels a lot like that Batman kind of vibe. It's like, so, and that's actually something I was going to bring up because for the longest time, I thought Tim Burton directed this movie. (laughs) If not for only other reason than the intro to this movie. Yeah. I mean, I I can see that. I can feel that for sure. Yeah. I mean, Elfman's score has that Burton feel to it for this film. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And again, Bo Welch did the set design for Batman or set direction for that. And a lot of the MIB stuff kind of feels like the 89 Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, and going back and looking at some of the people that were in this movie, and especially you look at like Tony Shalhoub, like this is, I think, when I think of Tony Shalhoub, this is like the first thing I recognize him from. I think the only thing I could possibly see him in before this would be wings. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like for the long, as a kid, I really didn't know who Vincent D'Onofrio was. And then going back and finally watching full metal jacket going, wait, that's Egger. (laughs) Like (laughs) realizing that, you know, so much talent was put into this movie that is just silly as shit. Yeah. So. And, and you think um, Tommy Lee Jones has an Oscar already at this point? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just throwing his weight behind this movie. Oh, he's so good at it. He is. It's perfect. I mean, I know he's sort of playing that fugitive U.S. Marshals kind of role, but, it, you know, mm-hmm. he, he nails it. I mean, he's hilarious. I mean, no. And and we discussed when Emily was on the show about how hard it is to be a straight man, and he is yeah. he is oh, so yeah. good at it. Mm-hmm. But to the point where he almost kind of pigeons pigeonholes himself into that role because you look at what was it? Uh, oh God, the one where it's like he's at the sorority. Uh, it was like Man, man of the House. House. Was that it? Yeah, I think we saw that one together too. Probably it came out while <laughs> I was working at the theater, so it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> oh yeah, he just kind of put himself in that straight man role. Um, but it's also because he's damn good at it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I was um, excited to 
watch it for the first time with my almost nine-year-old and he kept his attention the whole time and when it was over i was like do you like it he's like yeah i'm sad it's over and i was like well <laughs> what wouldn't you know there's some sequels he's like oh yay yeah if i didn't have homework to do i was going to see if i can't watch uh men in black 2 which it's okay. You're it's all, not as good. You're only watching like, it for Rosario Dawson. Don't lie to anybody. I mean, <laughs> maybe, come on. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? I, I love that. I Just the Bismarck key scene of that movie, I think, makes that movie for me. It's fair. So. I actually haven't seen three or international, um, so I need to. I've seen three once, three. and I've not seen international. Three is fine. International was. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Camille Nujani is really good in it. He plays the little what? alien guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked Johnny Knoxville in three. He's, but... a, he's in two. Was he in two? I thought he was in three. No, he's in two. He's uh, he's Lara Flynn Boyle's like little toady. No, there's... I thought I thought that was three. So, no, you're right. So which one was three? Three's the one where they go back in time. Yeah, oh, Bro, I haven't seen that one. That's right. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, they go back to when uh, Tommy Lee Jones was uh, brand from the Goonies. <laughs> nice. Yeah. His name dropped out well, of my head. But... <laughs> <laughs> Not James, but Josh. Yeah, Brolin. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, what you say, so, yeah. I don't know. It's this really great film and like always struggle with the idea that like right there, I guess kind of at the end of the nineties, not to spoil a bunch of stuff, but like there's just undercover comic book movies that happen. And like, it's my opinion, the best men in black. There's like two and one and a half good movies. So yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. This was actually based on a comic or graphic novel. Or was it adapted afterwards? I can't remember. No, no, it was, it was based on a Marvel comic. So, okay. Uh, at one point, we uh this would technically be Marvel's second adaptation in or uh yeah, Marvel's second adaptation into film. After Howard the Duck. Yeah. I guess they had the Punisher in eighty nine. Oh. Hmm. But I don't I don't remember if the Punisher went to theaters. I think that might have been like a straight to video release. And the, and so, the real awful Fantastic Four movie from the early nineties. Yeah, which, <laughs> which which Roger Corbin only makes so that he can uh he can keep the rights to the Fantastic Four and never <laughs> releases even on video. I do have nice. a copy of it, by the way. Nice. Yeah, uh so it's yeah, uh, like Manny said, it's it's released in the middle of some really interesting undercover comic adaptations because what do we get like dread uh, judge dread 95 tank girl comes out around this time mystery men's a couple years later american beauties a couple years later yeah it's just yeah uh ghost world was around that time yeah too, 2001 yeah so yeah this is this is just in the midst of a crop of of really interesting comic book films that i'm sad we got away from yeah God, we're running into that problem again, gentlemen. Everybody likes this movie, and it's... What, what do you say about you it? You know, I <laughs> when when we were going through the March Madness, we were like, oh, damn it, probably Men in Black's going to win. <laughs> let's, let's get Wild Wild West or something uh, <laughs> terrible and easy to talk about. But no, it's... So let's do this. Okay. Um, first off, what is Big Willie Weekend, Paul? So people in case people don't know. Okay. So yeah. in 
Big Bully Weekend technically starts in 1996. What happens is the movie Independence Day comes out. Uh, Will Smith has been in some films up to this point, mostly smaller films until Bad Boys in 95. Uh, turns around, gets a part in Independence Day, which is a Roland Emmerich film who had just come off of doing the film Stargate, which is a great film. Everybody sees Stargate. It holds up so well. It, it really, it really does. Uh, I would probably say that's the best of the D Devil and Roland Emmerich films, even though IP4 is the most fun. Sure. Um, so uh, Independence Day comes out in 96 and makes literally all the money in the world. And literally, by literally, I mean figuratively. And it outgrosses the number two film of 1996 by $300 million. Sheesh. Would you like to guess what the number two film of 1996 is? Was that Forrest Gump? It, no, that's 94. Oh. Air Bud. I <laughs> wish it was Air Bud. 96. Uh... I'm going to shock all of you in a second. Wait. Oh, wait a minute. No, Toy Story was 95, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and Pixar man, wouldn't do a second film until 98. Yeah. I I don't know. What was it? It was Twister. Oh. oh. <laughs> People were hungry for disaster. Twister was the second highest grossing film in 1996. That makes sense, because that was around that disaster movie era that I love. And and around the time that the Goo Goo Dolls were popular. Yes. (laughs) Um, So so then in 1997, they decide to release Men in Black on July 4th weekend, because Barry Sonnenfeld's had a pretty, pretty good record up to this point with the two Adams Family films and um Get Shorty, which is probably one of the best films of the 90s. And uh, so they they take a chance on him and they say, hey, we're going to let you take July 4th weekend. It's a big movie weekend. And again, Men in Black just does gangbusters. Mm -hmm. And Will Smith is now a bona fide star. Because, you know, uh, Independence Day is more of an ensemble film. This is more of a two-hander and he handles it very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... We take a break in 98 and don't get a Will Smith film on July 4th weekend because instead we get Armageddon, uh, which, of course, was the episode where I introduced Jonathan to the concept of Big Willie Weekend. Yes, sir. And uh, and then in 1999, we officially crown it Big Willie Weekend by Barry Sonnenfeld and Will Smith teaming back up for Wild Wild West. Uh, which is also the film that ends Big Willie Week. Then <laughs> uh, carried into the millennium. Yep. Uh, which, yes, which of course is uh, Big Willie Weekend named after Will Smith's album, Big Willie Style. Which I, uh, I think I may have shared. My mom would not let me buy that album because of the name. <laughs> that was my first CD. Wow got it for christmas i believe (laughs) and i did get jiggy with it nice are you ready to hear what kind of nerd i was of course my first cd was the jurassic park soundtrack yes awesome (laughs) which of course is just a john williams score (laughs) uh nice i think my first cd is i stole a copy of van halen's self-titled debut from my dad before he left and then uh I bought Hanson's Middle of Nowhere with my own money that I earned in a summer job. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Hanson, who I've met and seen twice in concert. Beautiful men on purpose. Yep. Almost, almost died the second time I saw them. Really? Okay. Uh, it's well, a, it's his, a, his heart skipped a beat when he saw Taylor. That's, I mean, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but uh, we went to go see them at the Williamsburg Winery. They were doing an acoustic set there. Oh. And um, it just happened to be the one day of the year it snowed in Virginia that, that, that winter. Wow. And it was coming down to the point where they were performing out in a tent and the people running the venue were like, um, the tent is starting to collapse a little bit. So if everybody would leave the concert... Are you telling me that Hanson was snowed in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, about 10 minutes after we left the concert, the tent completely collapsed. Oh, jeez. Nice. <laughs> hmm. so, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but also at the same time, who knows? It, I mean, let's be fair. If, if you were given the option of sticking around for 10 more minutes to watch Hanson, you would have done it. I probably would have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, Where's the Love is a great song. They just they... Hear me see you in September. Anyway, <laughs> to lay on the floor and cry. Anyway, now now I sit <laughs> in the shower and do that. Yes. Yeah. All right. So back to Will Smith here. Um, I, I first want to say, I, as as happy as I am that this movie was chosen uh, by our wonderful listeners here, I am surprised that since a lot of our listeners are friends of ours that not enough of them are trolls to make us watch something like what was the ones like bad boys, I think was the one I was worried about. And oh, there was another one spies in disguise or something. <laughs> I think yes. I would have been okay. Oh, you know what it was? It wasn't spies in disguise. It was it's uh first round contender, uh, shark tail or not shark tail, uh, yeah, shark the tail. fish one. Shark tail. Oh, yeah, was it shark, shark tail? tail? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was the one I was worried about and was really thinking people were going to. I I was just lucky that I think seven pounds went out in like the first round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was another one I really didn't want to watch. Um, although I would have I, I wanted Paul to have a reason to watch Blight because I think that was one that you haven't seen yet. Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. She said, I did she say Blight? Blight? Did I say Bright? I meant what? Blight? Did I say Blight? <laughs> is it Bright or is it Blight? It, Tell us how you really it, feel. It's, it's bright, but oh. it is a blight. <laughs> it's not. It's actually a. I, it is a movie that has a really good idea. I am just not a fan of David Ayers, and I haven't been for a long time. Uh, the one film of his I've seen that I can truly say I enjoyed watching was uh, Fury, the, okay. the one where uh, Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf are in a tank. That's that was a good film. Everything else is garbage, and I just didn't bother with Bright. Yeah, I'm trying to look up what else he's done, and uh, man, you are not wrong. Like Training Day is fine, which he wrote, but Antoine yep. Fuqua directed. Um, and End of Watch is all right, but like Suicide Squad, uh, that one he did with Arnold Schwarzenegger, just terrible films. Yeah, <laughs> well, he wrote. Uh, I don't know if he was one of, I can't imagine more than one person needed to write the Fast and the Furious because all they did was sit down and watch freaking Point Break. <laughs> but well, let's see. Should we talk more about Will Smith? Um, Will Smith specifically 
Yes, um, of course. Yes, it's Big Willie Weekend. We should give the man his flowers. Yeah. He's just so electric in this film. He's and it's it's not just this film. I always enjoy seeing him in things like I wanted Enemy of the State to be part of the tournament for the hopes to watch that again. Cause I just like Will Smith and I enjoyed that movie. There's very few movies I don't like him in. I didn't like Ali because it was kind of boring. But it is an acquired taste. It's a really weird sports film. Yeah. And sports films definitely are not my jam. It, it, it's got to be something really special to get me into it. Like Raging yeah, but, Bull. Yeah, like Raging Bull. Yeah. Scorsese is better at more than just gangster films. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. I, um, Trav. I, <clears throat> I do love Will Smith. I, I don't know that I love a lot of his, uh, movie choices the past decade or so i I feel like i have to kind of go back and look to see what else he's been in i mean outside of bright yeah go ahead let's bring up some will smith films. let's bring up we haven't done a uh, filmography in a while yeah let's do it let's talk about will smith we're not doing all 86 of his credits oh sure we are talk about gemini man i liked gemini man that's one i need to watch um, so of course Will Smith started uh being the fresh prince, uh of le- telling us how parents don't understand of Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff fame. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um he did do, and this was something I loved bringing up uh when we were doing drinking age movies, an ABC after school special in 1990. He was in one called The Perfect Date. Where oh. a 16-year-old is convinced his upcoming date with the school prom queen will be the perfect date. However, it turns out to be anything but the perfect date. Well, I, <laughs> I am checking out. Uh, what year was that made? That was 1990. I might have to dig into it, but I don't see the full thing on YouTube. But that's one. Will Smith definitely want to. Will Smith probably got it pulled. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, so after that he was let's see here so this one let's see when did so Fresh Prince came out the show in 1990 and this is where Will Smith became like hey this guy can act yeah this is where he, he slowly starts becoming a household name yeah apparently he does a crossover episode in 1991 in Blossom oh yeah uh, yeah in 1992, he's in the movie Where the Day Takes You. Okay. And God, I hate IMDb sometimes. If you click on the link, it goes back, and his music department is the first thing that pops up there. Um, and in 1993, he's in Made in America, the uh, Ted Danson, Whoopi Goldberg movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Where uh, Mia Long plays, their, plays Whoopi Goldberg's daughter. Mm-hmm. And Ted Danson turns out to possibly be her father because Whoopi Goldberg uh, used a sperm donor. Yeah. And Will Smith plays Neil Long's like best friend in the film. Yeah. <laughs> plays such a goofball in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Always trying to get with her, but she's not having it. Uh, 1993, he's in the movie uh, Six Degrees of Separation. Uh, in which he plays a gay man. Yep. And in 1995, we get Bad Boys. Bad Boys. So now he's now he's a leading man action star. Uh, yeah. 
and a rapper and a stand-up comedian are playing in a two-hander directed by Michael Bay, who is, is his first movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. After directing the Got Milk commercial. <laughs> Aaron <Bear. laughs> Um. All right. Uh, 1996, as Paul had mentioned, is when Independence Day came out. And this was uh, kind of his, I'd say, like, I'd say Independence Day was more of his breakout role than Bad Boys would have been. I, yeah, and I, I like I said, uh, it's one of those things where Bad Boys made is it, it was an R-rated action film that I don't that I think came out in like the spring, and it made more money than it cost, so uh, they were willing to take the chance on putting Will Smith in a bigger film. But yeah, I I absolutely agree. Independence Day is his break out like hey hollywood here's a new star yep and yeah he even though it's a giant ensemble he pretty much owns that entire movie yep uh let's see 1997 men in black and let's see after that 1998 he does have enemy of the state and 99 we have our wild wild west which is where the big willy weekend ends Man, I was hoping to talk about that movie so much. I know, right? <laughs> this is like the second year in a row because we were going to talk about it in Drinking Age movies, and then that's just we stopped right before Big Willie Weekend. We 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 even ended the the our last episode on Drinking Age movies shouting about Big Willie Weekend. <laughs> yep, <laughs> but life catches up with you sometimes. I still watched it though. Nice. Oh. <laughs> uh, two thousand. He was in The Legend of Bagger Vance, an underappreciated movie. Yeah, I. <laughs> Paul can talk about the trope of the movie. That's one of those few that I um, went to see uh, in theaters by myself, and I was the only person under the age of 50 there, I think. Um, it's, I haven't seen it in a long time, probably since it came out, but I, I, I enjoy it. You, you I like it because I like golf. I mean, I, I played golf growing up, but I understand <laughs> Yeah, you you need to uh, you need to watch the astronomy club sketch, the magical Negro. Yeah, because <laughs> the whole magical Negro trope is going to get ruined for you for the rest of time, and you will not be able to watch <laughs> Legend of Bagger Vance ever again. <laughs> All right, uh, in two thousand one, he's in Ali as he plays the titular character there. Uh, two thousand two, we get Men in Black two, and in two thousand three. Bad Boys 2. Going back to the well that made him famous a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Of... In 2003, he's in a show, All of Us, that looks like he was a creator for. Hmm. What? Four seasons. Oh, yeah? But I've never it heard of it. Sounds sort of familiar. I feel like I saw a commercial for it, but I don't think I ever saw the show. With Dwayne Martin, Lisa Ray McCoy, a whole bunch of people. I just never heard of it. What channel did it come on? Um, All of us. Well, nothing on the poster. <laughs> no idea. I'm gonna, Weird. I'm going to look into this. You keep going. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, And then in 2004, he's in iRobot, which? which I know that was a kind of a split on that one, if people like that or not. I like Alan Tudyk. That's for damn sure. It's it's really good in that film doing doing some early mocap as Robbie the robot. Um, yeah. I yeah, I just didn't like that film. 
Yeah, it is one of those ones like I, I saw it and I was like, eh, all right, I don't ever need to see it again, though. Uh, yeah. All of us came on UPN. Right. UPN. Okay. Oh, UPN. Okay. Cool. Yep. And it was co-created by Will and Jada Pinkett Smith. Yep. Along nice. with Betsy Bournes. I don't want to leave her out. Of course. I literally quoted iRobot like a week ago. Oh, yeah? Duh. Well, you know, Aaron, uh, everyone else who's listening doesn't know Aaron. She's my next door neighbor. Um, and she tends to bottle things up really weirdly. So uh, she got upset like she was yelling about something last week. And I was like, that's anger. Do you ever feel anger, Canner? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> I, I can even nice. imagine her her completely overly animated personality nice mm-hmm. he's fun people um also in 2004 he's uh does shark tale uh, which i've skipped <laughs> completely i had no interest in that one a terrible um, film i can't believe how many great actors are in that yeah film. yeah <laughs> not just not just like decent <laughs> actors that you like to see in things but like Top shelf talent. Yeah, Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese both have parts in that movie. That's that's crazy. Yeah, major parts yeah. in that film too. Not not yeah. just like not just walk on cameos. They are they are legit roles. Uh, let's see. Two thousand five. He was in Hitch, which is one of those turn my brain off and kind of enjoy movies. I it is. I don't hate Kevin James like a lot of people do for some reason, but it is the okayest. It is exactly that. It is yeah. almost just the straight middle throughout yeah. the entire film. I heard, are they making a TV adaptation of that? Which that sounds weird. I'm not. I, <laughs> God, I hope not. Because <laughs> that's topical. It's <laughs> <Like>, not <laughs> been 16 freaking years since that movie's come out. God, I really hope not. Um, let's see here. In 2006, he was in The Pursuit of Happiness. I really, really like that movie. I still haven't watched it, but I don't want to cry on purpose. So I have trouble with knowing movies that are going to make me cry. It's a good one. Uh, And and, and I've heard good things. So according uh, to Wikipedia, which is always right, (laughs) uh, October 22nd, 2014, Overbrook Entertainment and Sony Pictures Television began working on a television series adaptation inspired by the film. That was 2014. So oh, okay. we were probably yeah. safe. At Hopefully, point. yeah. Whew. Yeah, Thank probably. <laughs> uh, 2007, he's in the uh, poorly handled script of I Am Legend. Uh, I, it is, he is, that movie, he is very he good. He is amazing in that movie. Yeah. It's, it's so good for the first two acts. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think me and Paul had this discussion on Drinking Age movies where we were discussing how they just completely screwed the pooch on the whole, even the title of the movie and everything. Like I I wouldn't even be mad at that film. If, if, if it was titled literally anything else, if it was titled Will Smith and a dog, I'd been like, Oh, this is fine film, but they called it. I am legend. And then they changed the ending, which changes the name of the movie. Yeah. Uh, 2008. He's in the okay movie Hancock. Oh, that's so good for one act. Yeah, it's, it's one of those movies where I like Will Smith and literally nobody else in that movie. <laughs> there, I think Theron's good in it, but I think I liked her the least. Uh, I just don't think they gave her any uh, enough to do. 
Um, sure. She's doing her best with bad material. Sure. I, I've seen her in some movies that had some really shit, like shit, shit scripts. And she just didn't do the scenery chewing that I'd expect her to do in this. Like, look at her in like uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, where she only has just 11 on that movie. Oh, yeah. She's... In a just terrible fucking movie. But <laughs> she is just making up for Twilight Girl and her emotionalist responses to everything. Yeah, she's Paul. I know loves her now. It's because she's a great actress, but I'm not going to say she's good in that movie. Yeah. Uh, 2008, Seven Pounds comes out. Terrible film. Yeah. That was uh, the Oscar Badius film. <laughs> you know, I never even bothered to see it. Don't. Don't see it. Okay. I promise It has you. Rosario Dawson, and I still don't like it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, 2012. Uh, so he took, it takes a four-year break here. Yeah. He, after Seven Pounds. He, uh, he takes a break to be a dad. Like his kids are getting older sense. and he starts spending more time with them. And he also made a bunch of shitty movies. They got a bunch of shitty reception. Yeah. <laughs> so he was yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to take a break from this too. Yeah. Um, let's see. 2012. Yep. Men in black three. So again, going back to the, the well that made him famous. Let's and see. then in what, what, what's that? Zach? I was just going to say that like that kind of, uh, you know, I understand coming back, you want to do something that's probably safe and, like a sure thing. And I think that even though he has some flops and some weird movies, he never really taken a lot of risky choices. I'd like to see him do something weird. Well, in 2013, he does after Earth. (laughs) 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 We've discussed some films so far and I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there into the world. This is the worst film that Will Smith has ever done. Yes, (laughs) because all of the movies we've discussed, even if they're not good movies, he has been good in them. In After Earth, he's literally sandbagging himself so that his son could shine a little bit better. Like you could see him pulling himself in and it's just it's terrible. Uh, Oh, yeah. And I really respect uh, Jaden for realizing that acting was not his venue and not doing many more films. I liked the karate kid. I still haven't uh, seen it. He, he was, he was, he's pretty good in karate kid. He like, he, he, I mean, for a kid, he wasn't terrible. I loved Jackie Chan in the karate kid, but I, I actually just enjoyed that movie. I separated myself from the, you know, eighties karate kid. and just went, this just has the same title and it's going to end in the same way. Um, 2013, he's got a small cameo in Anchorman 2. And in 2014, he's in Winter's Tale. Which, which he plays the devil in and has a very small role. Okay. Uh, I've never even heard of it. It's terrible. It is a terrible <laughs> film. Uh, uh, Russell Crowe is in it. Uh, Colin Farrell Colin is in Farrell. it. I still cannot stop laughing about every time I hear about Colin Farrell because of the one girl in Virginia. I think it was at Va Beach where they were filming something with Colin Farrell. And she called into the radio station talking about how happy she was 
that Colin Farrell gave her chlamydia or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Dead serious. The girls from Bob Beach? I, yeah, like the filming was done in, I think, I'm not sure if it was Bob Beach, but I know it was in Virginia. Mm. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. It was, uh, was he in Master and Commander? No. Mm. no Master movie, and Commander wasn't shot here either. Was it Minority Report? I know some of that was shot around here. It might have been Minority Report. <laughs> um, God, I got to look at the time frame that I was there. Uh, hmm. Hampton Roads, keeping it classic. Or was it? No, it was. It might have been the New World. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Okay, because that was almost all shot here. Yeah, so. talk about a souvenir. Yeah, I mean, like I said, she was happy about it. Sign so. my JJ with the clap. Uh, all right. Uh, in 2015, he was in Focus, which I haven't seen. I have not seen that either. But I believe is the one that. Uh, co-stars Margot Robbie. Yep. Yep. I mostly know this because apparently they have a sex scene in it, and it's a big sticking point about uh, how black men don't normally have sex scenes with white women, mm-hmm. or almost never do, unless it is like a specific plot point that deals with their their uh, difference in race. So. Yeah. Uh, so it was a really big deal that he just has a sex scene with Margot Robbie in that film. And it's just like, okay, so this is Will Smith and he's having sex with Margot Robbie. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, 2015, he's in Concussion, which is one I have not seen yet. Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth. Uh, 2016, he's in uh, Suicide Squad, a not great movie. Uh, yeah but it leads us to uh birds of prey and hopefully the what's going to be the awesome hopefully suicide squad coming so uh 2016 is in collateral beauty which i've not seen that one either got ed norton in it maybe i should go back and watch this one i i hear it's not good so Uh, so you take that in your own hand sir (laughs) fair enough uh 2017 we have bright the Netflix movie, which I enjoyed. Awful film, which I've not seen. <laughs> I don't I don't have an actual opinion on it. I it's just it's one of those movies. I don't know. Like that one seems like it's got such a split crowd. And I think it started off with a lot of people not liking it and enough people going It it got a lot of viewers. I I can't remember Yeah. But it was very popular. You can't base anything off of Netflix viewership though. Hmm. Because yeah. people watch bad things <laughs> yeah. on purpose on Netflix. Yeah. We had yeah. that thing for a while about the Adam Sandler fucking movie that was like the number one ridiculous six. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's since been replaced as the number one yeah. watch film on Netflix, but uh, I can't be sure. And people only watched it because they were told it's that bad. Uh, let's see here. He's got Aladdin in 2019. I skipped it, man. I like it. I, do you? I do. I, I don't love it, but I think Will Smith's really good in it, and the two leads playing Aladdin and Jasmine are incredible. Yeah, fair enough. I, I just I struggle with it. I, I need to rewatch it. It deserves a second it, opinion from me. Yeah, it was just one of those things where uh, I I let I didn't let the cartoon inform my my opinion on the film, and I yeah. I had a good time. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Uh, let's see here. He's got a special appearance in Student of the Year 2 in 2019, <laughs> which looks like a Disney movie. Hmm. Okay. It's most likely not. And then we got Gemini Man in 2019. Which I, I think everybody should see. I think it's a, a perfectly fine night film for 1995. <laughs> sure. I, I do like Ang Lee movies. It, not all of them. So but apparently the film was written in like the early 90s and just was in development hell in a lot of places and mm-hmm. Ang Lee finally yeah. got a hold of it and was like, ooh, let's use all this technology. Yeah. <laughs> That's just kind of Ang Lee shtick now. So that was the last thing he did? Uh, nope, because then he's got Spies in Disguise oh, also yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2019. Yeah. And Bad Boys for Life. In oh, that's right. Oh, oh, the highest grossing film of 2020. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does have quite a bit. In, he's got one uh, TV series completed called This Joka, This Jaka, Joka, I'm assuming. Okay. Uh, I think this is just going to be a yeah, it's some reality series or something. Okay. A comedian thing. Uh, he's also got King Richard in post production. Uh, about uh, I think he's the dad for the Williams sisters. Oh. Okay. Uh, does say who's directing that? Uh, Ronaldo Marcus Green. I'm not familiar. He has done, he did Stop, Stone Cars, Monsters and Men, and Top Boy. I've not seen any of that. Me either. Joe Bell, The Zebra, those are all shorts. Okay. Okay. Yep, those are all shorts. So, Oh, and uh, yeah, Monsters and Men was an actual movie. Uh, He's also got The Council is in pre-production. Which is a Peter Landsman movie. Uh, he is the only cast member for it. The never before told story of a crime syndicate consisting of seven African American men who ruled Harlem in the 1970s and early 80s, focusing on Nicky Barnes, dubbed Mr. Untouchable by the New York Times. Ooh, okay. okay. I'm trying to watch See, that. Yeah, me too. Like, that's uh, is it not weird, but it sounds genuinely interesting to me. Um, something that I'd want to see him do something. Uh, I was just gonna say if he's playing like baddish guy or something. I'm always down for a black gangster picture like Hoodlum. Sure. Yeah. Or or uh, American Gangster. That that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bad Boys Four is in pre-production. Of course it is. Which pisses me off because they wasted the title on the third movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. And Bright 2 is announced, but I think Bright 2 has been announced since, like, the week it came out on Netflix. Yeah. And so I think that one's in development hell. Yeah. Uh, I know they... That one's, yeah. I had an update since the 3rd of January of 2018. They released some kind of animated thing or something for Bright. I no idea. I That sounds familiar, but I'm not... I don't know what it is. Yeah. So, so that, that's yeah. Will Smith. That's... What he's got coming and what he's done. He he doesn't pick the best movies lately. But again, the only thing I think that I've seen where he's been bad was After Earth, and that's just like I said. I think he was sandbagging himself. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely a, a performance decision on his part. Um, yeah, and it's really weird because uh, you'll start hearing a lot of films that Will Smith turned down, not knowing whether or not they were going to be massive hits let alone good 
Wasn't yeah. he considered for the Matrix? He was pretty much the first choice for the Matrix. He was oh, going yeah. to be Neo. But he read it. And he was like, uh, you know, I just did Men in Black and I just did Independence Day and I don't want to be the alien guy. So, yeah. So I'm going to pass on this and go do Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> who were the who were the Wachowskis before the Matrix? Because they directed one movie. Uh, yeah. And bondage film. Yeah. Uh, Bound. Bound. That's it. Uh, and he has a bona fide hit with a proven director. Why not reteam with him? Yeah. It's it's one of those like 20 plus years on you. It sounds like a really dumb decision because we know what happens. But in 1996, 1997, whatever year he was offered the Matrix, it's yeah. honestly like of a, a really smart choice at that time. Yeah, but there's so a, yeah, there's a lot of stories like that. Yeah, Will Smith, he's he might be one of the last of a certain kind of movie star. I feel like I don't know if, if that makes any sense. I mm -hmm. um I don't know if I, his problem sometimes is that he's been too wholesome and bankable that he hasn't wanted to try anything crazy, and, and now unfortunately, you know, the personal life and stuff, he's the punchline sometimes which i hate that people do that he doesn't deserve any of that i really i never see that well whole, i've always seen just the entanglement the thing with jada and whatever I'm oh yeah that whole thing I, I i just completely brushed that off yeah like you should it's not our yeah, business exactly i, I y'all do you yeah i don't care you know watch your goddamn kids every now and again <laughs> have them take their fucking meds but that's about it yeah um but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Will Smith has always been to me, and I think to the rest of the world, like you said, wholesome, because first off, you have the rapper who won't swear, um, and then just being as lovable as he is. Even now, with he's got, you know, still a pretty decent social media presence. And I know he's doing that thing for YouTube, I think it is, where he's like trying to get fit again. Yeah. Um, where because he's like one picture came out that made him look kind of like <laughs> Dr. Uncle Phil. I'm like, yeah, no, I could see that. But, you know, dude's getting up in age, so that's going to happen. But that's such an infectious laugh. I enjoy it. Yeah, no, he's, he's, just, he's wonderful. How can you not love Will Smith? Jealousy. Even that's undeserved. Yep. Yeah. So, All right. So uh, anybody else got any notes about Men in Black, about Will Smith here today? Anything you want to talk about? Oh, he's just such a presence. Like, through the 90s, he was... Yeah. He was everywhere. Oh yeah, I mean he had a hit show. He was in blockbuster movies. Had uh, had number one singles, and you you couldn't escape him. And especially in the time of Men in Black, where he gets a hit single from this and a number one movie, and is on one of the number one shows on television all at the same time. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't ever suffocating. It's not like oh, I'm tired of him. It, See, that's the thing that I appreciate the most about him is. Yeah he really didn't like yeah we got you know two movies back-to-back -back alien you're just like oh it seems pretty paced he really you don't see too many movies or too many years where he did more than one movie yeah and uh and and while he's doing the tv show you know that's probably next to impossible for him because he is <laughs> the tv show is named after him yeah and 
you know, and he doesn't even really kick back up his rap career until after Men in Black because uh, the TV show ends and he can focus on music for a while. Yep. Even then, he only releases a few albums. Has he done any past Millennium? I think Millennium's his last like full album. Yeah. So that that's our. Uh, I think we'll call that our Big Willie weekend. I don't think there's any judgments you can have about Will Smith other than the goddamn treasure. The only thing to look out for is when Nick Cage tries to steal him. <laughs> Man, my jokes are just not fucking landing today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, it looks like he actually did have two more albums after Willennium. Oh, okay. Born to Rain in 2002 and Lost and Found in 2005, which neither one were as successful. But he hasn't had anything since 2005. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments here. Um, we'll start with you, Manny. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? Um, no. It's a fun movie. It's an enjoyable movie. It's a movie that, um, you know, does a lot of great things, but no, ultimately not. Not in 97, at least. There. Uh, Zach, does this movie deserve Best Picture? You know, you know, why not? If, if we're going up against all the best picture nominees, uh, I'm not going to discuss them all because we'll get there too. But if we put it head to head to the, with the winner, sure, maybe it could knock out that winner. Okay, okay. Um, I don't see a tentpole movie like this being yeah. a best picture. <laughs> this this is a uh, a popcorn seller. Yep. And it, as much as I love this movie, it just I don't think it's doing much to uh, raise the bar. It's just there to be what exactly what it is. Yeah. I enjoy it as for that. So, no, it doesn't deserve it, but I, I, I'm happy it got nominated for what it did get nominated for. Paul? Um, 97 is kind of a stacked year. Uh, I'm not sure I put this in the best picture race. Uh, again, it is, it is a film I love and I enjoy, and I've been watching since 97. Uh, I've probably watched it at least... 10 or 15 times i love this film but yeah. at yeah. the same time it it it's not even for as fun as it is i don't think it's best picture caliber and uh yeah. as zach said there there are four films in the best picture race that i will love to talk about when we get there that i don't think this film is better than yeah yeah, yeah. it's a lot of it's a lot of surface like if, if it was a standalone movie i'd be like man i wish there was more character development and i know they do that in sequels so it's it's I mean, it's kind of hard to criticize the movie for that, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So since this was not a best picture winner, well, I think what we're going to do is just ask Manny, what is your worst best picture? Man, it's real hard for me to get away from Gone with the Wind. Right. There's so much racism. <laughs> racism, child grooming. Yeah, it's... Circuses. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm going to say Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind, I think, is my worst. Good call. I enjoy that call. Fair enough. Indeed. All right. Well, I think uh, we'll go ahead and call that here tonight. Manny, thank you again very much for joining us. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks. Thanks. thanks, thanks for having yeah, me, guys. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you have any uh, social medias or anything you'd like to plug with us today? No, don't follow me. I'm not famous. Follow the channel. Follow, look, follow the Austria Worski podcast. Like, uh, I'm not famous. I'm just a guy trying to, if you look, follow me on Twitter. It's nothing but shit posting and D&D &D <laughs> stuff. So if you're into that, you can follow me uh, with whatever my Twitter handle is. I don't even know anymore. 
Might be uh, the Manny Classic. Maybe it's, uh, I think it's the Manny Classic. I think that sounds right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, follow, follow the channel. Yeah. I I just talk crap. Look, you can follow me anywhere and talk crap. <laughs> I so. believe there are still some drinking age uh, videos that we can find you on YouTube as well. If you look up the drinking age. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. They, they still exist. There's, um, there's some skits and stuff that we did that still exist on YouTube. Uh, if you dive deep enough, there's me pretending to be a pretentious teacher as a pro wrestling gimmick on YouTube. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, again, thank you very much for joining us. And my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter, on TikTok, on Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam. And Zach, where can we find you? Find me at Critiker. My name is Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, where I have my movie reviews. Or on TikTok with House Havoc. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the movies I watch. Plus... Uh, rankings of these best pictures at father of the fear across all platforms zach what are we watching next week next week we're back to the oscars with my fair lady which you can rent on amazon google voodoo youtube or stream with a netflix subscription yeah another three-hour movie it doesn't feel like it. it doesn't it is light and delicious but we'll get there. Yeah. All right. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarworsty Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher really helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of Alcor. Almighty rhythm of Alcor. Very convenient. For Jonathan, Zach, Manny Classic, and Big Willie Style, I'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>